Hey, Craig. Cupcakes. Don't lose the game, please. Cupcakes. They should be free wins. Cupcakes, 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 <laughs> cupcakes. Dude, everybody loves cupcakes. Yeah. Who doesn't love cupcakes? I mean, probably the cupcakes themselves. Well, I guess that's true, but like everybody else. Yeah. Do you ever watch uh do you ever watch Cupcake Wars on the Food Network? No. No? Oh, no. Sarah used Sarah used to love watching that show. And then my youngest Atticus, he loved watching that show with her. He's it, actually his favorite was Cake Boss. You ever watch Cake Boss? Um dude no. from New Jersey who makes all the cakes. Like, what are you doing, Craig? If you're not, not watching, watching his... Food Network at all. Pshh. Or yeah. whatever those shows are on. Yeah. No, Cupcake Wars was so funny because like um, you start to realize, well, they had this, they had one, so they had the, you know, the judging is what really makes these shows, right? Like, cause you know, the people who make the food kind of come and go, but the judges have to like, you know, they, they sort of carry the weight, right. By being, you know I mean? Like American Idol was like that, right? I mean, it's like American Idol was never the same when Simon left because, you know, they needed somebody to be an asshole. And when the asshole left, like nobody could really take that spot. So on Cupcake Wars, they had, uh, you know, the, the bright and perky cupcake person. And she's always just like, I love this. And this is so great. And I mean, she could be critical too, but she, like her job was to be sort of bubbly. And then they had this like irascible French dude who was just like never pleased. And he's just like, the flavors, they are not, uh, they are not how you say it. Like, uh, you know, it's just like, it, it, anyway, it was just, it was kind of funny because they would, they would have this French dude who literally never smiled. And, and these people are always trying to please the, the French dude who never smiles. So anyway, there you go. More than you want to know about Cupcake Wars because you sang a song about cupcakes. Well, yeah. My, uh, By the way, song... did you sing a song about cupcakes? I don't know. I wasn't really listening. Yeah. I know. Um, I uh, that was a song from uh, apparently My Little Pony, which was Ooh. my when I looked up cu- cupcake song. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, you you threw me off with your very long <laughs> rambling. So I'll say since we're doing TV shows, what are you so, talking about? I'm rambling. I don't ramble. What, what do you mean? Uh, just talking about with your theories on. On uh, t- judging TV shows, I guess. Yeah. Uh, judge panels. Because um, I never watched American Idol either, so I don't really care well, about Well, I didn't it. really either, but like everybody knew about like, okay, so you had, I mean, back in the day, you know, you had Paula Abdul and her job was to be like, oh, sweetie, you're so great. And then you had, uh, oh, who's the other guy? I'm trying to remember the other guy's name. Jackson was that his last name? I don't know. Anyway, and his job was to be like, "Yo, dog, you're so great. I like it's great." And then Simon's job was to be like the British dude going, "You suck," but in a yep. British accent. So, well, my I had something to reference from a TV show involving cupcakes, and okay. it I had to it had to come back to me uh, after you threw me off here. Um, (laughs) but one of my favorite lines from one of the later seasons of the office is, uh, they're going to have a party and they, some, someone, uh, suggests that they should get those mini cupcakes. And then Kevin, the accountant goes, he, he says mini cupcakes, which are, which are a miniature version of cupcakes, which are already, which is already a miniature version of cake. Where will it end with you people? (laughs) (laughs) 
And so I cannot look at mini cupcakes or cupcakes <laughs> the same way after hearing that. That is true. Where, where I feel like it kind of has to end with mini cupcakes. I don't know if there's like I'm not to sure, go, like I'm not thimble-sized sure. cupcake. I don't. Know. I mean, you I'm know, sure like they he's... have those little like Reese's bites, those tiny little, yeah. like they have the little yeah, tiniest yeah. bites now. We yeah, yeah. need like cupcake bites, just and tiny you use bites. those little those... bites like for baking or whatever. Yeah, I don't or know. just maybe to that's it. Eat put handfuls a, of whatever. Put a whatever cupcake you bite on top of a mini cupcake, on top of a cupcake, on top of a cake. All right. Blew your mind. Hello and welcome to Cupcake Cast. <laughs> Cupcake Talk. With, uh, it's a new spinoff from Podcast versus well, Everyone. After after the Saturday Cast went, you know, full uh, Apple Cast on the Cosmic Crisps. So, uh, you know, we had to kind of answer back with Cupcake Talk. Cupcake Talk. This is Cupcake um, Talk with Jeff and Craig. Yeah. So this is. Not Podcast Cupcake versus Talk. Everyone, which is already a spin-off from Coog Center. <laughs> and we're just going to spin it off again, much like a mini cupcake. Sure. I'm Craig Powers. With me is Jeff Neusser, who knows Hello. everything about American Idol and every cake-related <laughs> no. show on television. <laughs> no, that is not so true. So you are in the right place if you're here to, <laughs> yeah. If yeah, you're here to, to hear about cupcake and cake-related shows. Yeah. Or the kooks. Uh, I guess we could talk about the kooks too. Yeah, we could. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of. A, I mean, it's kind of a downtime, right? I mean, there's not a lot going on. Basketball's playing games that only kind of sort of cupcakes. Matter. Cupcakes, especially this week. Oh my goodness, mm. this week and next week. This cupcake is one of the City. most cupcake heavy stretches I've. Yeah, this is a stretch that would make seen. Ernie Kent proud. I know. He'd well, be, he 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 probably scheduled it. Yeah. <laughs> he did <laughs> so so yeah yeah he did uh yeah it's so like uh, the cupcake reference i mean the, you, you were playing three uh three teams that are sub what sub 340 in ken palm right uh, florida and m ticked up to oh, 339 that's out of 353 teams yeah so we're talking the you know the bottom 15 or so teams in all of division and we're, one and we're, we're we're checking off 20 percent of that like yeah. 20% of the bottom 15. Yeah. In yeah. in a 10-day span. Yeah. And we we are not by any stretch a good team. You know, we're ranked 135, which is better than what we've been. Yeah, not that's a good team. which is like 80 spots higher than where or six, 70 72 spots higher yeah. than they finished last year. Than where so we it's finished. Quite a quite a jump, but but even even with that, we're looking at 95%, 97% and 95% win probability. Uh, in those three games, but uh, they did pick up a nice win over UC Riverside on Sunday. Yeah, who is uh, you know not terrible. It definitely a game they very well could have lost last season. Sure, because um, they would have been a, basically an equal opponent last season. Well, um, and we did lose to Nebraska Omaha, and UC Riverside's not that much worse than Nebraska Omaha. So well, yeah. So even earlier this season they could have Yeah. Um yeah, so it was uh it was really an you know back to back and really encouraging efforts uh, particularly defensively. Um yeah. I, I think, you know, we we've both been skeptical of the turnovers, but it yeah. seems like this is actually a thing that they're trying to do. Like because when you're forcing teams into 20 plus turnovers 
three times like in a in a in a four in times a, four times in a season already um regardless of who you're playing that's impressive and, and when yep. you take the fact that you meant you referenced ernie kent's um you know that rarely happened in ernie kent so it that's and, and playing at higher playing more possessions per game with ernie kent well sometimes depends on the year um but yeah it's it's a very encouraging performance um and then uh, what was also good is that the offense did enough to actually kind of um like handle just similar as in new mexico state which we've already talked about um but this game is very similar in that they just found a way to get some offense going in the second half um obviously cj ellaby showed up but you know you had jeff pollard getting to the free throw line even uh bonton giving something which he has so rarely done um <laughs> yeah uh so it was it was it was it was, a, it was an encouraging game again like it's it, it's it was there was some signs that they are improving and they're you know figuring shit out well what's crazy about the defense being led by turnovers and i and i think you know you you sort of reference the fact that you know there's only so much you can do to force turnovers, right? Like, right. I mean, in football, it's it's a similar kind of deal. If you possess the ball, you control whether you turn it over. And so, you know, no matter how much pressure you put on the other team, no matter how much you do to try and, you know, encourage turnovers, it's really still up to the other team whether they turn it over to, you know, come out with the philosophy that they have to, you know, put maximum pressure um, on the ball to play passing lanes as much as possible, you know, to do those things and to do it, um, you know, so effectively, so quickly and, and to still be effective with it when the other team knows you're going to do it. It's, it's really remarkable. And there's, there's nothing in Kyle Smith's history that suggested that this was the direction they were going to go, which I think is, is, is sort of, I, I think the more amazing thing about it, because he showed up and said, we got to get the defense better. And we all went, Yes. <laughs> you know, so good. You go do your Kyle Smith thing. And, 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 you know, we were used to watching, I mean, we were maybe thinking back to the Dick Bennett, Tony Bennett stuff where, okay, Dick Bennett rolls in and it's, uh, you know, it's pack line time. And, and, and we're just like, damn it, we are going to run the best, you know, damn pack line that ever was ran. And, you know, and that's, that's how we win. And that's what we do. Um, you know, Kyle Smith appears to have showed up and went, okay, who do I got? And how can I be effective with this team? And typically his teams have been very good on two-point percentage defense. That, that's sort of been the thing. They chase people off the three-point line. They defend the, the, um, defend the paint really well. This team just doesn't have the personnel to do that. And he knew that from the very beginning. And so rather than you know try to fit a square peg into a round hole, as it were, he said, okay, well, I've got some guards on the perimeter that are that are really quick and they're not super short. So they've got you know reasonable length arms. And so you've got Jalen Shedd, who's really disruptive on the perimeter. He hasn't been much of an offensive threat yet, but he gets his hands on a lot of balls. Yeah. You know, Isaac Bonton, again, for all of the, you know, the offensive issues, um, again, really disruptive defender, quick, quick hands, plays the passing lane. CJ Ellaby is very, very good at anticipating passes. Really very smart. Very long arms, too. Really so long arms, smart. really smart player, just sort of sees the floor. So, you know, you take these guys and 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 you say, okay, you know, hey, you know, play the passing lanes, get in there, you know, force people into, in, into passes maybe they don't want to make. 
yeah, I mean, it's it's really remarkable that that not only did they go in a different direction than what Smith has gone with his teams in the past, but that they're pulling it off. And, you know, I'm still curious to see how effective that is in Pac-12 play when, you know, right. in theory, you've got you're playing teams that, um, you know, are better at taking care of the ball and, you know, better athletes, things like that. But um, for now, you know, and, and I think it's I think it's pretty clear that with this personnel, this is this was the way to go. And and it's working. It's kind of cool to watch. Yeah. And you, and you got if you look at guys that were here last year, Ellaby's uh, uh, almost doubled his steal percentage. So um, relative to basically yep. the percentage of uh, possessions by the defense when he's on the floor, he gets a steal. Um, yeah. um, and then uh, Gervais Robinson has had a huge uptick in steal percentage. Yep. Um, it's just they they've they seem to try to get deflections. Uh, I. I can't. I, I can't remember if it was a Cal. I don't think it was some Cal Smith about. And I know, um, I know deflections are a thing that a lot of good defensive coaches track, and in, in, yep. uh, and I know like Tony Bennett tracks it and and stuff like that. So, it, like, because getting your hands on just even deflecting a ball disrupts an offense, even if you don't get the steal, um, especially in a five second less sh- shot clock. It's now down to 30 and then and then now you only have a 20 second shot shot clock off of an offensive rebound like if you can get your hand on a ball like you you're setting them off five seconds back and they have to reset their set and um you're just making it harder for them and then a lot of times you know and then with and obviously you know getting the quick offense is huge and um that was big against uh it's big every 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 really really bad offensive night has been a result of them not getting the deflections and yep. quick buckets. <laughs> yep. Um, and every decent offensive night, they've gotten a fair amount of quick buckets off of yep. deflections. And so, yep. yeah, again, this, this is, um, you know, I, I know like, I, I don't want us to, you know, maybe we're like, we're like at the altar of Kyle Smith and we're like, <laughs> we're, you know, the, the founders of the church here, but yeah. it's, but it, but, but still like, it's, it's refreshing to have a coach that uh, is adapting to what he has. Yeah. Um, Cause we know that he hasn't always coached like this, as you, as you mentioned. And so it's, it, it, it's, it's fun. And, and honestly, it's made that they're better than they were last year. And, and as I've said before, it, it may not turn into more Pac-12 wins because the Pac-12 is a lot better this year than it has been in probably four or five yep. years. Yep. Um, so it, it's it it's good that they got a lot better. Otherwise, it could have been a real miserable year. Oh <laughs> if, my god. Um, yeah. But now they they're in position to get get you know you know get a few wins. But I it definitely tempers the expectations unless they take quite a big leap, yeah. which they could take a, a little bit more leap because you know I. Who knows? Like they could hit more shots. Like Ellaby well, shooting. Yeah. Ellaby shooting twenty nine percent from three yes. right now. And like, if Isaac Bonton suddenly starts playing like apparently what Kyle Smith thinks he can play like, you know that makes a massive difference too. So. And Jalen Shed as well. Jalen Shed yep. is definitely uh, more limited offensively than we expected. Yep. Um, you because right now you you have you. You have Gervais Robinson taking too many shots. Yeah, uh, he, he really doesn't. Any take shot that many. is too, too many shots. Yeah. <laughs> Literally one too many Gervais, too many. Yeah, and I'm, uh, and and you do you know they they've been 
the last few games, you've seen them go to Pollard in the post quite a bit. And yeah. as you say, like, I don't know if that's going to work. That's not going to work in the Pac-12. Yeah. Like he's because he's just not even going to be able to get off a shot. Like yeah. you know he's going to be guarded by guy. You know, and there's going to be no reason to double him. Dudes. Yeah. yeah, like he's, you know, he he may get. You know, I, I mean, we've seen him the last you know couple of years get you know eight ten points on occasion. You know, yeah. in a Pac-12 game, but you know that's not something you can rely on with any kind of you know regularity. So I think another guy would be Koontz, Jazz Koontz, if yeah. he could. If he could knock down threes at maybe more closer to like a 37% clip than like the yep. 32% he's at right yep. now. And then it, he's actually a pretty good offensive rebounder because um, he's just kind of – he's a bit explosive and, and he's a bit wiry. He finds the gaps. And I think he has a good read on uh, – a good read on ball off the rim. Yeah, and it also uh, helps when – you know, I mean, he's on offense. He's basically stationed at the three-point line. So mm-hmm. that also helps too because he, he, he crashes comes, from there. Yeah, yeah, he comes from the three-point line. He crashes from there. He's able to sort of read, you know, where the ball is going to go, and then then kind of fly in and get his hand on a, on a ball. So, yeah, it's he's a he's a pretty dreadful defensive rebounder, but oh yeah, well dreadful might be too strong, but but he's not. Very he's been good. better this year than he was. Yeah, last he's been year, a bit better. Same for most all but of our yeah, picks. But he's his value is like you said, really on the uh, on the offensive end. If he can if he can be if he can hit the three well enough to make other teams guard him and he can get some offensive rebounds, those kinds of things are really going to change his, uh, change his value. So I'm curious yeah. to see if, uh, if how much run Markovetsky is going to get. Cause he, yeah, he, he came in for about 15 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> drew an offensive foul and then came out and then came right back out. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I don't know. Like it, it leads me to believe they, they don't, see him as a huge piece this year i don't you know what's know. funny in, in the limit i was i was uh i was perusing hoop math today yeah and in the very limited amount of time he has played he leads he's tied with Kuntz on the team in putbacks so like he's sounds just, about right yeah so he's just a force in that regard um but yeah they they probably it just seems that they might not think he's ready because they were they were playing a team um in Riverside, who had two yeah. a six ten and a seven foot yeah. one guy, and you thought yep. this is a game that Markovetsky is going to play. Yeah, but he played for fifteen seconds, and Tony Miller again took the minutes. Like Tony Miller's yeah. been taking the minutes at the four, five, sometimes five, like position. Um, that's again that we'll see how that works. Like he's been playing really well. Yeah. Um, and but again, like a, a six six, uh, power forward, um, who's not particularly uh girthy yeah uh, is is uh um is that that doesn't seem like something uh, again in in the better pack 12 this year it might be tough but who knows man he's been he's been playing well so hopefully hopefully he's just one of those like great stories that just plays yeah plays beyond what we even anticipated i hope so too i mean he's he did have kind of a kind of a fun dunk where i was like all right yeah, he That's just cool. straight, he just burned a he had a guard on him and he yeah. just took him to the rack and I think he was like he he was like well oh speaking of that uh the seven foot the seven footer was guarding Pollard and yeah. Pollard totally beat him off the dribble yeah he like gave him a little pump fake at the three point line and then put it on the floor on the baseline and then I don't I think Pollard was surprised because yeah. he kind of stopped and he's like this guy's got to be closer. 
because his seven footer chasing him. So he kind of paused and then he ended up not scoring on it. Yeah, he like I think he thought he was going to pump fake him into a foul. The only problem yeah. was he was he was too, he was far, too away. far away. He had burned him <laughs> so bad. So then he stopped and the guy caught up and then he went for the shot and got it blocked. So yeah, good good work, Jeff. I, I'm it's sure pro- uh, it's probably not going to sure happen every- again. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I'm sure everyone had fun with that during during the film session. Oh, I'm looking sure. at that one because. Uh, yeah, that should have been that should have been an easy two. It, that, that was pretty funny, pretty yeah. darn funny. Um, I, def- I definitely it does seem like uh, Smith has tightened up the rotation. You, it does. I don't, I don't think DJ Rodman played. Um, no. Noah Williams played. Has been getting he, he he's his minutes have kind of fluctuated, but it seems like he has a role as like a yep. 10, 10, 15 minute guy. Yep. Um, Marvin, Marvin Cannon. Cannon. I was going to say another Marvin guy Cannon that seems could, to have taken Rodman's minutes that he yeah. was getting early in the year. Which is probably partial to that as Cannon's been hitting more shots. Um, yep. Again, that's a guy that we know can shoot better than he's been shooting. Um, but again, it, it depends. He's not particularly adept. Depends on the kind of shot. Yeah. It, it's If he's got a spot up three... Um, and or like a put back dunk because a lot of a lot of his offensive um repertoire like fit in with what kent was doing um a lot more than what they're doing now uh yeah. just because a lot of the more the more running that they did um he he's they, always a guy that the announcers love because he's very athletic yeah and it's I mean, he'll come up with highlights he's sort of a victim though of of what they've just got going on offense a little bit yeah like, Part of the reason why he was successful with, you know, with Ernie last year is is the way that uh, with the shooters that they had who were able to spread the floor, that just created a lot more space for for his skill set to, you know, occasionally just really slash to the basket. Right. Um, they just they kind of don't have that this year. They don't have enough shooters to really unclog the lane. And then, of course, you're, you know, Pollard's playing most of the minutes and he's and he's a for the times that he drifts out to the three point line, it's not that many. Most of the time he's he's a pretty pure post player. So yeah. um so he's, that kind of reduces yeah. the space for a guy like like Cannon. But but he seems to have kind of found you know, found some stuff. You know, he seems to have kind of figured out a few things, figured out where he fits a little bit. Because early in the year he really just looked lost. He he just looked like he, he wasn't did. sure where he was going or what he should His be doing. His minutes or how reflected he that for sure. Yeah. And, and now that he's kind of, he's kind of coming a little bit, coming along a little bit, um, you know, he, he, in theory is a guy who should be able to get a ton of steals too. Like, you know, he doesn't seem to have done it yet, but seems like a guy who in theory should be able to do that. So, yeah, I, I know that Kyle Smith had, um, higher hopes for him than what we saw at the beginning of the year. Uh, just based off of some things he said last year, right. um, said to me during an interview I had with him. So I, I know he had really high hopes for Marvin Cannon. So I, I think it's encouraging that Cannon is playing more minutes. I'm a little discouraged that Mark is not playing a little more. You know, I would think they'd want him to play a little more to bring him along. Because um, he's actually just, been fairly effective when he has played. Yeah, but, but there must there must just everything. be something. Yeah, I mean, there must be something that they're not seeing that they want to see. And so, you know, or maybe they just, I mean, it really could just be as simple as they, they just, they're not really worried about development right now because they need to win games, you know, and, and win games matters, yeah. you know? So if they feel like, you know, that he's not part of their best lineup, if Tony Miller's their guy, then whatever. There's also the other part too. I mean, we've kind of overlooked this, but 
you know, the nerd ball thing. I mean, could be possible. He's just not, you know, not, you know, moving up the, the, the ranking chart, the points chart, uh, both in games and during practice, you know, maybe he's just not doing what they need him to do to, to earn the playing time. And Tony Miller is, and well, that's what I think. I know. must like Bonton must just be excellent, like amazing in practice. Like, well, I, I mean, you can see his defense, like, like yeah, you he's, can't, he's very, he's very good defensively. He's a really good defender, particularly for what they're asking, you know, their guards to do. And so, you know, I, 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 my sense is that they, they've got a pretty gentle hand with him in terms of the offense stuff that it's, Hey, you know, well, maybe let's not shoot that pull up jumper. Maybe yeah. let's, you know, maybe let's, let's think of a better shot. And I do think that, you know, since he got sick and even on Sunday when, when he played a, a pretty normal amount of minutes, um, you know, the offense does seem to be moving a little better, does seem to have fewer of the just sort of, ridiculous he did have a couple but um fewer of the ridiculous you know pull-up shots um yeah he seems like he he could uh be much more of a distributor than he is Um, he's not a bad passer yeah he's a good passer he just when he drives the lane he he doesn't seem to look to pass that much yeah um he he gets and he does these wild you know up and unders and you know, his obviously his shot selection is just overall really bad, um, and and it is for a lot of the guys on our team because we haven't really ran good offense yet. Um, but he seems to be the guy that just takes like. But the the problem is he t- sometimes he's taking them early in the early in the clock, and you're like, did you really need to shoot the pull up three right. at, at Yeah, and and we've talked about this before. He shoot and the same problem with Ellaby. Ellaby's shooting a lot more. Uh, pull-ups uh, off right. the dribble and and yeah if you look at Ellaby's hoop math stats like oh my god like uh Ellaby has not had an assisted two-point jumper this year <laughs> yeah he typically only takes those once he's kind of got someone in the mid-range yeah. and he's like can I drive no can I step back not really is anybody coming for a p- no you know what i'll just i'll just yeah, he does a fire. jab step and then kind of i'll just jab away. step and rise and fire and and that'll just be the deal yeah but so. the bonton's percentage i mean 20 percent on on uh on two point jumpers uh 20 uh he's only shooting um 43 at the rim and a lot of that's been a lot of the issue like our guards out that's i mean ellaby's more of a wing he's on a guard but like our guards are not finishing yeah. when, even when they're at the rim. Like, Bonton has a really um, tough time finishing. Like, he seems – I don't know. He seems to overthink it, honestly. I think he tries to make a spectacular play and rather than just playing through contact. And he seems like a stout dude. Like, he's got – you know, he looks pretty strong. Like, it seems like he could – he's not like a freshman, you know, that like, he could play through contact a little more than I think he does. And that's why yeah. he doesn't even even when he drives to the basket as much as he does, he doesn't draw many fouls. Like he just No. I, I do think there's a little bit of a book on him at this point. Yeah, because I sure. mean if if you and I can see that look, when he puts his head down and goes to the rim and puts when he when he puts his head down and starts dribbling into the lane, like like he's going to the rim. That's it. Like, like, or he's doing, or he's pulling up or something like there's no, it's not going you know, he's not, it's, he's not giving he, it up. He's not looking for a pass. He's not going to pull it out. He's not gonna, you know, dribble through if it's not working. Like he's just, you know, it's, it's going up. And, and I think that teams 
when he starts pounding the ball, I, I get the sense that opposing defenses are really like, okay, well, here we go, you know, and they know what's coming and, you know, they're, they're sagging off of guys and they're making that they're, they're really clogging the pain on him and just making, making shots really difficult around the basket. And, you know, at some point, hopefully he's going to realize that, um, and maybe be a little bit more of a playmaker than, than just a, um, you know, a high volume shooter, but yeah. Because he I really know. has that ability to be a playmaker. I think he He's... does. Like, he made a sweet – who, oh. who was that pass to? Was it to, to Ellaby? Yeah, Ellaby yeah. like, hit an N1. a sweet pass on a, on a fast break. Um, he can definitely pass. There's no doubt about that. So Yeah, and I don't want to sound like we're, like, piling no, on, it's but it's just he's a guy that takes more shots and – well, when he's on the floor, the percentage of shots he takes is slightly more than Ellaby and yeah. uses almost as many possessions. Yeah. Um, he does take care of the ball, which is good. Well, <laughs> he, that's that's easy to do when you <laughs> when, when all you ever do is shoot. I know. That's that's a but lot I mean, easier. Yeah, he's not I mean he's doing he's handling the ball a lot, not giving he, it he up. Because uh, like true. you'll you'll get shed and shed's having yes. a real tough time holding on to the ball. Uh, he had a quite Quite a few turnovers. Ellaby, yeah. Ellaby, a little more, few more turnovers this year. Like as it's going on, but his rate is still really low yeah. given how often he handles the ball. Well, the um, funny part is that Isaac Bonton's assist rate isn't horrible for a shooting guard. Yeah, like like but it's kind of not terrible. It's just if we could just eliminate some of the shots that are just but he is really he low is percentage. He he is playing the role of point guard quite a bit when he's on he the is. floor. It's true. Yeah, like I mean, I don't know if that's that's what it looks like. Um, it could just be he's the scoring guard. He's the guy that needs to create because really we only like if you look at guys that can create their own shot on this team, it's it's Ellaby and Bonton and and not really right. many other guys. Um, Shed can get to the rim, but he hasn't really done that that much, um, and he's struggled to finish just like Bonton. Uh, yep. But again, like. We've seen this like guys that, you know, it, it takes transfers an adjustment period almost always. Um, so I'm hoping that we can get. Well, especially Shed came in very late. Yep. And, and like he's he came also, in after the school year started. He's also so. been injured. Yep. And then, and, but Bonton's a, you know, JC transfer. That's quite a, a, you rarely see JC transfers come in and just light it up immediately. Um, yep. So I'm hoping that it seems like he could if he just got the shot selection under control. Yeah, like, if he's like not... he looks like he can score. Yeah, but he yeah, really you know does. it's funny. You're like shot selection is terrible. And then he drilled like a pull up twenty seven footer in this I game. Know. <laughs> God like, damn it! That's why when he, he made that, up. I was like, shit. Like now he's gonna think he can make that. You know, like that was <laughs> that was my only thought when he drilled that thing. You know, he just dribbled, dribbled, dribbled. It was like a Clay Thompson three that he Yeah, and the dude sagged off him, and and he just, like, drilled it. And I was like, damn it. Shoot. Maybe he'll just – there's going to be a game. There's going to be a game where he just hits – Like Royce Woolridge style, which uh, Kyle Sherwood on our our, – in our Slack chat, like he early in the season, he's like, Oh, this is like the new Royce Woolridge, like where he's just going to fill it up like one game and we're going to beat someone that we shouldn't because he just doesn't miss. And I am 100% here for that. Yeah. I'm ready for that. Um, particularly because he plays D and, and that's obviously why he's on the floor. Um, but, uh, 
But yeah, he's got to make some fucking shots at some point. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, please. Yeah, we're kind of running out of time for that. Yeah, we're running out of time. Like his 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 season long stats are going to look bad regardless of what he does at this point. Like because the he just has had such a bad start. Um, but yeah, I do expect Ellaby to hit. If and we've talked about this. Uh, it's funny. I I every game you're watching and they like they were particularly talking about. Oh, so many of the players on the on WSU had their percentages, their three point percentages are down from year before, and I'm like, have have you like? And then they're talking about the longer line, and they're like, oh, I don't think it's impacted people. They just shoot the threes, and it's like, um, <laughs> it's like, it's had a huge impact. Yeah, there's like three point percentages are down everywhere, yeah, everywhere. Like it's it's and and. You, they've done this before and eventually they adjust, but like three point percentages are down 1.4% across NCAA basketball. Yep. And yeah, obviously Ellaby's down like 12% from last year, but he's taken a lot more difficult shots. Um, so, but I'd still would hope he could be around 35 given his ability. Yeah. And he's only at 29 right now. Yep. Um, he was very selective. He's been very selective lately. Hasn't shot that many. Um, he only shot two threes. Uh, against Riverside because really he could he kind of decided in the second half he could get inside and he did and and he ended up with 20 points again but um we'll see like a Pac-12 play that might be harder he, he's gonna have to hit some threes to kind of keep defenses honest yep yep but yeah um is there anything that we can learn from these next three games no no, <laughs> not at all. No, I think the answer is no. No, I, I mean, I, I, like I said, I think the offense is getting a little bit better. They, they look like they, they have a bit more of an idea of what they're trying to do. I would love um, at least one of these games. They just light someone up. I, I would too. I, you know, all they, three of them, hopefully. But yeah, I mean, when you look at the, the sort of efficiency of the offense, um. You know, they've only had one game this year over 1.09 points per possession. And that was the first game of the year <laughs> when they destroyed, which is absolutely ripped Seattle. Which before before the New Mexico game was far and away their best performance, like on like oh, oh, best complete performance. But I, yeah. I think New Mexico State takes that. Yeah. But. but even that, like the offense was only at 0.93 points per possession, which yep. is terrible and it was like um, very reliant on free throws yeah which we and have so, not yeah, been good at huge, generally. <laughs> yeah that was an outlier in terms of free throw rate so um yeah i you know i think really what i'd like to see actually to wait or no i was looking at defense yeah no on offense they did as well yeah, like yeah they, it was 54 defense they actually yeah. limited them that was that's was what yeah. it was yeah, yeah. New Mexico State, the the off the free throw rate was fifty four point two, which means uh, they shot like if if you stretch that out, be fifty four free throws for every hundred um, shots you take. But uh, their their next highest of any other game is against Idaho. They had thirty three point three free throw rate. Yeah. So yeah, they had quite yeah. a. So big outlier. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I just I guess I just kind of want to continue to see the offense, you know, having a clue. Um, the mm-hmm. offense looking like it's got a plan. Um, that that's really the big part. Um, is you know just just feeling like they're they're making some progress on that end in terms of what they're trying to accomplish. And I I, I think they've made some strides that way. 
I'd like to continue to see that. Um, you know, they, they really should win all three of these games comfortably. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if that actually happens. I'm definitely not going to panic. If it doesn't happen, I'll be super pissed if they lose one of them. Yeah, they definitely should not lose. They definitely should not lose games. any of these them. These are not even games any Ernie Kent would lose. These are Correct. Not, yeah. Like. Correct. So, you know, so I'd like to, I'd like to see some of that. Um, again, I'd, I'd be, you know, super surprised if, uh, if they lost any of them, but you know, I'm to, actually to checking, win them. I'm checking my statement here to make sure Ernie Kent didn't lose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they should win them. They should win them comfortably. And I'd like to see the offense n- not just perform well, but but look in the half court um, like it has like like there's a plan and, and like they know what they're doing. They know where they're going. Um, they, they sort of understand what they're trying to accomplish. Um, you know, I would not be shocked if maybe there was a little bit more of an emphasis on that over these last couple weeks before they start Pac-12 play, um, because they are going to I mean, the reality is they are going to have to be better on offense uh to win very many pac 12 games absolutely yeah and i don't yeah i i'm I'm not i don't have super high hopes because if we just think back to like the dick bennett years uh it was the net like his second year when he had like senior kaladi and and uh that their offense picked up a little more they were a little better that year um you know second year of verum and everything um but i'm hoping that you know the just the fact that we have a guy like Ellaby and and whatever we can find our yeah. find our way you know get some better efficiency but yeah i think uh i think it's probably uh time to take a break and then maybe we'll talk some crutin to do it crutin and we're back all right it's uh it's it's very nice of you know remember in the old days uh we used to do all this in february or the very the first <laughs> yeah. week of february yeah um i'm now. sure there are people who like this whole uh early signing day thing i am certainly not one of them their their names are coaches this is the <laughs> worst possible time to be doing in fact like so you know earlier tonight you know you and i were were talking before we started recording and i'm like i am <laughs> like like this is this is gonna be i don't know maybe i shouldn't say this but this is easily gonna be the the worst year of coverage we've ever had at coog center for signing day like it's just gonna be yeah like we've typically blown it out like crazy and this year just it it just ain't happening man it is not happening i mean we'll have stuff but but some of the stuff we've done in the past just just ain't gonna happen because like it's it's my last week of school before break like it's (sighs) there's a lot going on craig i had two christmas concerts last week for my children i'm just i mean there's a lot going on you know what i'm saying well, I mean, you have three children, so. I do. I do. And two of them have the flu right now, so. I may not be far behind. We'll see. So, yeah. so this... Maybe I'll be home on Wednesday, and then I can just really ramp up the coverage. Yeah, just, just get puking. sick, Jeff. You know, because it's it. so easy to write when you're vomiting. Oh, t- 100%. Like, I'll just, you when know, When you have a fever, couch. it's great. <laughs> the first thing, I know when I have a fever, and I'm puking and I've got water running out of my butt as I'm thinking, oh, writing sounds great. Right I'm going to write about 17. I'm going to write. <laughs> I'm going to write about 17 year olds and their decisions about where they're going to play football. Yeah. 
So the numbers on this, uh, 247 has us ranked 54th nationally. Yeah. Not, uh, not super exciting. No. Ninth in the Pac-12, thanks to USC for some reason. Yeah, well, that's, that is, it's USC and Utah both. Like, that is just yeah. a function of them not having a lot of commits yeah. right now. Yeah. So. I don't, yeah, I don't. I think we could end up around 11th or 12th by the time this That's, over. well, last year we were 12th. Well, you look at the barometer as like, are we ahead of Oregon State? And no, we are not. No, we are but not. That, that not is going almost, to be. Yeah, yeah, because they, uh, they, have, they, have they have a better average recruit. They have one more commit. Um, of course, both of us, we run in those three-star realms. Um, WSU, 18 three-star commits. Uh, Oregon State, 19 three-star commits. Um, Arizona. Theirs are of a little higher quality. Arizona is actually like their um, average rating is slightly higher than us, but yep. not that much. And you kind of wonder what, what the hell is like some, what is someone doing? Like, I, yeah, you would think that he would be a, a hell of a recruiter. That situation's a train wreck down yep. there. But then you got, I mean, the top half of the conference is recruiting well. Um, the, the UW is crushing it. Oregon's crushing it. Yep. Um, Stanford, Stanford is still pulling doing their six, Stanford four stars. Uh, you got Arizona State. Um, that's the not quantity, but quality, man. That's the interesting one to me because when they fill out the rest, of that, so they've only got 14 commits, but four of them are four stars. When they fill out the rest of that, they're going to be in the top half of the conference. Colorado's pretty, definitely pretty solidly. Colorado's uh, probably upticked a little bit this year. Yeah, I mean, I think what you're seeing with those classes. So when you see when you see what Colorado's doing, and you see what Oregon State's doing, and you see what Arizona State's doing, when you look at those, if you remember back to Paul Wolf, yeah, th- that second year is the year where you can, you can really sell hope. Yep. Right. You can sell. Hey, here's our vision. Here's what we're doing. You know, we have we've had an uptick. We're we're blah 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 blah. Right. And imagine selling hope, and also selling it with Tempe. Yeah, and I mean, in that um, second, I'm trying to remember who all was in that second class with Paul Wolf, but I'm pretty sure that was Marquise Wilson, Jeff Toole, and Dayon Buchanan, if I remember right. Which who weren't even, um, I don't think, they weren't even the highest rated players in that. Well, Toole was, but Buchanan, like there, there was a lot of other guys that were higher rated. That was definitely right. his highest rated class. It was, it was, was his best class. One. So I think that, that, that second year class is the one where you really get that bump. When you're like, hey, look at what we're doing. You know, we're we're making it. We're 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 doing this thing. Um, you know, so you can really sell that in that second year. And then, you know, depending on what happens in that, you know, following season. Okay, so your third season now. Um, you know what, you know what kind of return are you getting on the on the promises that you're making? And so, yeah, that's it's not shocking to me that those class those guys are doing you know better. Um, it's not really, it's not shocking to me that Oregon state's doing okay. Um, so, you know, in, in Colorado, you know, you've got a situation where, you know, Mel Tucker is coming from the sec. He can sort of sell that as NFL experience. Yeah. He can sell that. And Colorado's great. Like you and I visited Boulder. That's like a cool ass place, man. Yeah. Like that's not a bad place to go to school. So yeah. And it's more, it's closer to it, like a major city and, yep. um, so yeah, it's easier yep. to sell. So I get it. I get uh, it. 
we we know that we know that Pullman's a hard sell for a lot yeah. of kids, but I you know it's the one thing that that's a bummer is we we knew last year was the the worst class that Leach had and hope hopefully that he ever has, yeah. Um, and I mean I mean they could all turn out to be diamonds, but oh, but in terms of rankings, they were the right. worst class. Um, and I think we kind of pegged that on the coaching turnover, Leach almost leaving. Um, there, you know, and then right. a lot Just of a his, lot, a lot of, of his people. staff bailed. Um, so it was, uh, we, we never, we expected that to be a shitty class and it was, um, I mean, no, again, uh, they could turn out to be amazing, but in terms of rankings, they weren't good. Um, and then, uh, but this year hasn't, you know, coming off an 11 and two season, all that Gardner Minshew goodwill and all this stuff, you kind of think that. Um, 11 and, and wins 11 like, uh, yeah 11 wins four top years 10 in, ranking four years in a row just being at the top of the conference yeah. you think at some point that um but maybe you know like uh there was that when bill doba kind of just as they, they basically their staff after the three 10 win seasons in a row basically were like oh uh, i bet if we go after these bigger recruits they'll come because because we're good and they they didn't and they did and, and but you would hope that you know maybe the facilities at WSU now which Doba didn't have and um like you could be like oh look this th- like you have a great life like this is where you live this amazing place um but again like even from right when Leach start when this first got when when the the fob first opened compared to now you've had probably half the rest of the conference build those same things USC came and looked at ours as as an inspiration to build theirs like so it's like um ours is not unique anymore maybe it's not the recruiting tool that it once was because every school has it um and so now we're kind of back to this apparently an 11 win season i don't know man is it the coaching staff that we have now uh, did we lose a lot of the good recruiters like roy manning and and wilson and and those guys like mastro and uh <laughs> Joe yeah. Salavea. Sal- Joe Salavea. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, are, are we seeing this is what happens? Like, I mean, obviously, we're we're not, like, down that far, but it's enough to be, like, but given the success of the program that we have behind it, it is a little concerning. Like, why, like, why, why can't we improve recruiting? Right. Like, what, is there ever going to be a point where WSU can improve recruiting? on the back of being a successful program, I don't know. Like it's, it's starting to feel like, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, I, well, I, number one, I think you answered the question when you cited all the assistants who have left. I, I do yeah. think that makes a difference. Like, I think, I think all those guys are rock stars. I really do. Yeah. They did um, like, obviously Leach and, and Emmerich and them did a hell of a job hiring guys and because everyone else has wanted them. Yeah. And I mean, let's listen, if we're being honest, I have no, you know, special, you know, like, like super special insight into this, but, you know, just from, you know, reading what I can and and looking around, you know, Mike Leach is not the most involved recruiter. Yeah. You know, and and I think that that's, and that's Unless not, Unless it's that's, the quarterback. Yeah. And, and that's really not, that's not, that's not a knock. Like I, I hope that's not taken the wrong way. Like that's not a, 
Th- that's not a criticism. Well, like I'm, um, and, and and I would I would assume that like Herm Edwards is not that involved at Arizona State. Um, the way he runs the program, and they have you know they, a, a pretty damn good recruiting class right. going right now. So um, I, I think Leach really relies on his assistants, which I think most coaches do. But, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, but but if say we compared it to like, and I mean this is probably a really extreme example, but you know someone like PJ Fleck. Right. Like, you know, PJ is got. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's got his fingers in like every guy that they're recruiting. Like, you know, you know, there's no way that he's missing any kind of opportunity to to sell himself and, and sell the brand. But it's, you know, leeches, you know, I mean, whatever he's. I don't know how old he is, damn near 60, right? Like, yeah, he spends, you know, most of the offseason in Key West, like. And again, you know, more power to him. That's not a criticism. It's just a, okay, if you're going to do that, then you need to have um, assistants who are, you know, knocking it out of the park. And, and, and it just doesn't seem like they have that right now. Um, you know, I, I, not again, not to get like too far into sort of naming names, but like, you know, you went from, you know, Joe Salavea, who's pulling in these guys from Samoa, right? And, and so many of them turn out to be, you know, pivotal guys for the, for the program to Jeff Phelps, who, (laughs) you know, I don't know how many guys you can point to directly and say, oh yeah, that was Jeff Phelps. Like, well, and and, like, the thing is like, Jeff Phelps seems like a hell of a defensive line coach, like in terms of coaching the position, but when it, when it, but, but the other part. The part that gets forgotten with assistance, not not by the programs but by fans, is the recruiting yeah. aspect. Yeah. And and there's only so. I mean, if we if we stipulate that Jeff Phelps is a really good teacher, okay. But you know that only goes so far, right? It's it's the whole you know Jimmy's and Joe's thing, right? Yep. And you know, do do we have the Jimmy's and Joe's right now on the defensive line? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't. I. I don't know. I mean, they, they were they were a bit young this year. I mean, Hobbs is young, McDougal's young, Quade's young, you know, whatever. But you know, it's I mean, some of the more mature guys weren't, you know, anything, you know, to 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 sort of write home about this year. So, I don't know. I, I'm not. Sh- I'm not even sure. I'm ready to stipulate that Jeff Phelps is is that great of a coach. Um, and and I don't know if that's a controversial take or if that's a hot take or if that's a lukewarm take. Taylor but, Comfort, man. But. Okay, so, you know, Jeff Phelps been around for a few years. You know, the first year that everybody sort of gave him, you know, massive amounts of credit was the first year that, you know, his first year, right, mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of guys who were pretty mature and had been coached for, you know, three or four years under Joe Salavea. Okay, great. Well, then last year, again, you've got Taylor Comfort and, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess, Willie, you know, Willie Taylor had a good year. Rogers had a pretty good year. Um, but I, you know, eh, you but again, know, and we then, also we had a better back end. Um, yeah, with Jalen Thompson in particular, yeah. and, you know, and then you've got this year where you go, well, the defensive line was actually a huge problem. So is that all? Is that and teaching? Is that talent? Is that yeah, both? I mean, it's probably both. It's just it's just a matter of how you try and you know divide up the. Uh, you know, the blame pie as it were, right. You know, try to figure out how to divide that up. So I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I hope he's, you know, that great of a coach. I really do. And and I guess we'll, uh, I guess we'll see when we see the kind of jump that, 
you know, some of these guys have made. Because, you know, McDougal, for example, is a guy who, um, you know, there's there's no way to argue that he's not talented enough to be an impact player. Absolutely. Like, he was an impact player at West Virginia, decided West Virginia wasn't for him, came to Wazoo, and barely played after a redshirt year. So why? You know, if you're that great of a coach, then you're you're getting, you know, the maximum ability out of that talent. So, you know, I'm willing to give it another year, but but I I will say I remain somewhat unconvinced that that Jeff Phelps is is actually, you know, some great shakes as a defensive line coach, particularly when I, you know, you can't really point to any uh, big recruiting wins that he's had. Yep. All right. Yeah, so I yeah, that's the thing with uh, you know, a lot of the uh yeah, it it seems like we've lost a lot of recruiting skill, like talent. We um, have, and and we haven't even been able to hang on <laughs> to the guys that we have gotten. Yeah. Uh, you know, we lost. Uh, so uh, if you just look at the class that you know we're we're more or less supposed to sign on Wednesday, um, three of the top four rated recruits that we've had this year have decommitted. So that would be Christian Fitzpatrick who, and again, all, all these guys decommitted for different reasons. Um, but Christian Fitzpatrick wide receiver, you know, decommitted to, you know, go play with his brother at Louisville. Okay, fine. Um, you know, Alakai Gilman, uh, you know, decommits to go to Stanford. Okay. Okay, fine. <laughs> you know, right. And then Jaden King, uh, running back that, that, that was a recent one that seemed to be a situation where his offer was pulled, um, but still yeah, it's like going on there. Yeah. yeah. But still it's like, you know, you're, you're more talented guys. You're not, you're not hanging on to. And that's, that's certainly not good. The, the big one they've obviously got to hang on to is the quarterback, uh, Jaden Delora. Yep. Um, bigger programs have come sniffing around. He, you know, reaffirmed his commitment. Um, you know, if he goes ahead and signs on Wednesday, I think that's a major, major win. I really like him. Two, two four really seven like him a lot. says that Phelps is the recruiter for that. Well, there you go. If it, I, I take back everything I said, for, for if Jaden Delora signs and and you know turns out to be awesome, so. But yeah, so he had, um, two four seven reports that he's got an offer from Ohio State which, and USC and USC. Yeah. Um, BYU, uh, Hawaii, obviously, yeah. um, and then San Diego State. But yeah, but yeah, that'd be a big one. Obviously, quarterback is a huge thing. Um, and I think he's an exciting player. I mean, I'm sure yeah. we could talk about this. Yeah, he's a yeah. He's not day, he's not your you know prototypical six five duties. He's yeah. uh he 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 could add a different element. I, I think, think he's going to end up being a lot like Gardner Minshew. Yep. I think exactly. that's going to be a pretty good comp when when all is said and done. Yeah, but he's got to come and he's got to stay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah so. Overall, let's we we talk about the class, like the guys committed. Overall, maybe we'll talk about it after they commit, but yeah, but or after they sign, but yeah, that still I mean, need lots of help in the secondary. And, and some of the the gloom and doom we say is yeah, because they're not there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of like help coming in in the areas that you desperately need it. Yep. Um, there's Gilman's one, a guy who could have played potentially could have played right away. Yep. There's one defensive lineman. On, yep. on the commit list um <laughs> and Whew. there's uh i mean i guess there are a couple of defensive ends but there's one defensive tackle and yep. we run two tackles and yep. one defensive end so yep. um there's one tackle obviously there's you know 
you got a bunch of offensive linemen, um, big guys except for one, but uh, that's your what you call the Andre Dillard wild card right. when you recruit the the smaller athletic guys. But otherwise, Leach Jr. recruits giant dudes and then uh, lets them be even more giant. Yeah. Um, and then overall, you have I don't know, like it's and and yeah, the fifty fourth is. Not that crazy historically with WSU, but the the where you get the where you get the kind of the disappointment is is like we we couldn't improve because we had some rec- you know high for you know upper upper forties like forty forty two yeah. in some classes. Yep. You would think you could break into the thirties at some point. Well, and what you really want to get is you want you want to be in that area where Arizona State is right now. Yeah, you want to be in that area where you're getting three or four four-star kids and then we have never done that because those guys are the sort of the difference makers right i mean those are the guys who um you know can potentially separate you from a team like i don't know washington particular uh, <laughs> right you know four stars that outside of the quarterback too like right right you know so you get some of those guys difference makers at different parts of the field um you know, obviously stars aren't everything, but you know, but as, they do, you, they do have some pretty, yes, pretty they solid have, predictive value. They have predictive value as you and I know. And you know, anyone who wants to sort of poo poo that and be like, Oh, you know, we, we've been great without getting four stars. We don't need them. Uh, you know, well, if you're tired of losing apple cups, we need them. Yeah. That's it. So, um, you know, and I think the hope was at this point, you know, you'd get to a point where, yeah, you know, three or four, four star kids a year is something that you could expect. And to not be there is, you know, it, it's not surprising, but it's but that doesn't mean it's also not a little disappointing. So, yeah, you just hope that maybe there was maybe there was some magic in, in winning and having those facilities and. Yeah. And everything. And Mike we have, Leach. And, and Mike Leach, you know, a, you know. a brand, like a proven brand of a coach. And, yep. Because um, our, our facilities are on par with, you know, anyone outside of Oregon. So yeah. it's, it, you know, that, that shouldn't be an issue. Obviously, the, you know, the Pullman location is yep. harder to recruit to. And we expect yep. that. We, we're, I would never expect WSU to be pulling regular, like, top 20 classes. But I would love if they were pulling like top forty classes a little yeah. more often. And I do think it comes with the I, occasional I really twenty five or something. I really do think so much of it comes back to staff stability. I mean, I, I really do. Yeah. I, I think if you know if you still had Salovea, Mastro, Manning, and uh, Wilson, you know maybe you're getting in on some of those kids and pulling some of those kids, and you know you're getting those three or four four stars a year and, and pushing yourself up into the sort of low thirties, which I think is where low to mid thirties. I think we'd be super happy if we were sort of in those low to mid thirties. Yeah, if you're running the air raid, you know, you can score points like with like, like offensively, like if, if we have a bunch of like high three stars and stuff, like we're going to be good. Like look at this year. Like there was, there was no like crazy recruits out like Jameer Calvin was the biggest recruit and he didn't play the entire year. Right. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, there, obviously Travel Harris was a, you know, good recruited, but like, um, but Anthony Gordon obviously was not. And, and our offensive linemen are generally kind of like middle of the road, three stars, middle to high three stars. Yeah. Um, but we can build an offense out of that. It's the defense is really struggles when you don't yep. get the playmakers on the defense. You gotta, you gotta have athletes. Yep. 
at some point. I mean, uh, some at some point somewhere, you know, you got to have athletes on defense and, you know, it's tough to be successful if you don't. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, we only have 18 commits right now. Yeah. Um, so that means last year, seven more last year they filled like last year and it wasn't a good class, but they filled it up like right away. Yeah. Um, I think they signed 23, yeah. 22 on early signing day, something yeah. like that. So maybe there'll be some surprises. I don't know. Um, it does seem like a lot of the conference that there's less signed up. Stanford, typically doesn't sign a full class yeah um but uh yeah i, I think i saw in in uh john Milner's piece about um their massive amounts of players joining the transfer portal <laughs> um he like said holy they, shit man uh, they had their they were only using like 70 some scholarships this year which is crazy. Like to Which not use all insane. of the scholarships is insane. It's like, insane. Like Alabama and programs like that are like oversigning guys. Right. They're using they're they're trying to use every damn scholarship they can well, get. And they're and, then, and they're putting guys on, you know, medical things yeah. to end their careers so they could sign more guys. Yeah. And but obviously Stanford has its unique kind of requirements. You can't just pull a guy you know, late. Right. You're not filling a class with a yeah. Juco kid. Yeah. He's got to have a 4.0 GPA and a, and a, uh, whatever the S is, did the SAT, did they move back from the, did they go back to the old scale or are they still, I'm not sure. I know, I, whatever. The 1600 SAT and a 4.0 GPA. And then you yeah. No. Or, yeah. They did do that. I can tell you that for sure. The, okay. Yes. The SAT went back to a 1600 scale. Okay. Yeah. Good thing they did, man. That was that. Those were some. Those were some rough years when the SAT was out of twenty four hundred. Man, we just didn't know what to do with ourselves. Well, it just made all all of us people that took it out of sixteen hundred. Like, well, I don't care about your score. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like but, my score is not good anymore because it's out of twenty four. But anyway, yeah. so yeah. Um, I don't know. It's not like a terrible class, but it's just like not. Like, uh, I wish that you know. You just wish it was better. You just wish it was better because like, like I mean, they're not even in on a bunch of four star kids who are doing, you know, hat dances on Wednesday. Like it's not, well, yeah, there's, there's one kid, one kid who's like a borderline four star kid. And that's Connor that, yeah. O'Toole out of New Mexico, who apparently is, you know, trying to decide if he wants to go be a tight end or if he wants to play outside receiver at Wazoo. Like that's that that appears to be the situation because like he's he's a big kid who could blow up into a tight end. Um, he also could be uh, you know a Des Patman Isaiah Johnson Mac type on the outside for us. So um, yeah, he he's the he's the one guy that we're sort of in on at the end, waiting for his decision. That'll be on Wednesday. But he's he's like a high three star kid, borderline four star, but you know high three star kid. So. Yeah, that's our one guy. Other than that, it's you know, it's it, it's kind of more the same. You know, middling three star kids uh, to low three star kids. So, which you know, diamonds in the rough is yeah, is what I say. Diamonds um, in the rough, and obviously, but but the thing is, like, yeah, if we've had some good seasons with these forties and fifties recruiting classes, but if if you want to be a program that that goes beyond plays in new year's six bowls and you, know, you you know you can debate whether or not we deserved a new year's six bowl last year but uh, we didn't win our division and that's why we didn't get a new year's six bowl um but yeah like 
if you can like if you want to ascend to another level of college football, uh, you kind of need better guys. Like it's, yep. it's, it, 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 I know you can say the 10 win seasons at WSU, but there wasn't a lot of rankings back then. And, um, there were, uh, like, you know, the, the Rose bowl team in 97, uh, there was a few other tools at Mike Price's disposal. Yeah. Um, and it, those teams were like, like ridiculously senior loaded. Like they were just, yeah. Yeah. That 97 team in particular, like, like, like it was crazy. They were, they were completely senior loaded and they had like zero injuries all year. Like it was wild. They, they had incredible injury luck and yeah, they were able to put their best players out there every weekend, which, yeah, which is definitely, you know, which if you want to get past that, where you have to have senior loaded teams and, 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 uh, uh, you know, perfect injury luck, which we had, right. pretty, we had really good which injury luck last once year in a, once or, in a never, right? or really good luck in every single, you know, close game you play because you're playing close games every time, which obviously last year, I Again, mean, there, that yeah. might've been a Minshew effect. I don't know. Might've like, been. cause it sure seems like it, but yeah. Um, cause he does have, uh, you know, the Jaguars <laughs> he does well. seem to be able to do that. Does yeah. He not? Um, but, uh, but also it helped that his defense was a hell of a lot better. Um, yeah. but, um, cause so he was in the position to <laughs> take that lead at the end. But, um, but yeah, I don't, um, yeah, if we want to ascend to where we're not relying on like having to have senior laden teams, and, and obviously we had a, a bunch of seasons that where we were pretty damn good, where we didn't have senior laden teams, but also we kind of fell short of the ultimate goal of the Rose Bowl. So yep. we, if we want to kind of get past that without having kind of a perfect, you know, storm of everything great happening. Um, we just got to recruit better, and and well, and, and it and, might and, not ever happen. Yeah, I mean, and it, exactly. It really might yeah, not ever happen. It's, we might, like, like forty-two or forty. I think might be Leach's top class in in terms of two, four, seven rankings, and that might just be where WSU gets. And but if you can string together a bunch of classes at that, then then you see like the seasons that we've had, and and um, it, but then you you see seasons like this year where things don't. You know, you lose a couple guys you didn't think you were gonna lose, and then you uh, you kind of have some bad luck and some close games, and 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 your defense falls apart, and then suddenly you're you're uh, you're six and six instead of eight and four, you know, ten and two or whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, we 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 hope and we pray and but I, I think the one thing you got to know as a you know as the uh, as a WSU fan is that if you're screaming for five stars and four stars all over the place, like it's probably never going to happen. No, like no, but like like so. you said, we can hope for like three or four in a class, and those will create probably some legendary WSU teams. Yeah, and and just by nature nature of if you throw throw enough darts at the board or whatever, you know, throw enough. You know, just throw enough at the wall, like something's going to stick. And um, so that's that's why we get we get down when we have these. This is very historically normal, even to maybe even good, yeah. like, like WSU recruiting yeah. class. But it, it but it's just like, uh, I wish there was, you know, a couple more, a couple more. I wish we were in on at least in yeah. on some guys, you know, yeah. um, you can you can talk about like 
Save Smalls and, and he had us in his like top whatever, but he was never he was never coming to the race. No, I, I think he put us in there just to make UW jealous. Exactly, and it worked. And I think that, and it worked. Him. It worked. That's where he was going all along. Yeah. Yep. We'll just have to kick his ass in the apple cup. Well, like his <laughs> ass specifically. Um, I mean, I don't know if you're talking about the whole team, but uh, maybe we might get one good block in on him. Yeah. So that he really feels the sting of not picking Washington State. Oh man, with the um, uh, Theo Lawson did that uh, decommits article. Yeah. I'm just like, oh man. God damn it. God damn it. Well, like some some of those guys, you go, eh, you know, whatever. Some of those guys, you go, shit, you know, like Joe Tryon's a big one. Like oh, that yeah. that was the biggest one to me. Like I would yeah. have that that would have been number one us. on any list because, I mean, you look at our particular weakness on defense, and you look at you know how you know Washington has destroyed us for however long, and I mean everything else. You just go, you know, had that guy been on our team instead of their team, does it make a difference? You know, you, 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 you kind of have to wonder. So anyway, screw those guys. He went to Washington. Yeah. Whatever. All right, man. So yeah, this will be a, I don't think it's a, it's not a recruiting class that could, Oh, we'll get him to more of the uh, long-term. Yeah. Next week. And they, um, you know, there's, there, there's still, there's still time. There's still there's time, still time and... to fill it out. Who knows? It's definitely not like it's not a a, a recruiting class that torpedoes the program in, into you know no not at all um it, yeah like it's 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 a recruiting class that can kind of keep us where we're yeah, at there, there's no reason to think that this recruiting class isn't going to keep us on the level where we are now exactly. for those people who are annoyed at the level that we're at that you know that this is the best we got then yeah they're probably going to be annoyed but. Yeah. You know, I, I think you and I are on pretty much the same page on that one that, you know, this is okay. It's all right. Like, I'm not, this is just not something I'm going to, I don't know. Like, I, I, I can't work up any outrage over over five straight bull games. Like, I just, I, I just can't. So. Yeah, dude. I know I, what I'm I can okay work up this. outrage over. What's that? There's fucking rain in the forecast in Phoenix when I'm going down there. <laughs> Does it, it rains in it. Phoenix? What? Appa- apparently it does. Rain for the bowl game at a stadium with a retractable roof. They better put that on if it rains. I don't want to yeah. sit in the rain at a bowl game. Like, yeah. get out of here. They should open it up and just let them play in the rain anyway. You know. Air Force by 70. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, those pitches are hard to make in the rain. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. Key on the fullback dive, everything will be fine. Yeah, just stop that fullback. He's Hopefully, the one that, he's the key. I, You know, I haven't watched any Air Force, but I'm really hoping they don't have a uh, a little slippery quarterback like Navy does. My God, did you watch that game? Yes. Holy shit, that I don't even, like, I, they should have just run four, ver- like, they did sometimes around, like, four Just verts, run four and then, he just, and then let him take off. I swear, like his two biggest runs came on passing plays. He didn't yeah. throw a single pass the entire game. They ran, I think like five or six passing plays and every time chunks okay. where he so, just. Yeah. I, I kid you not. I think Navy actually ran those plays so that running the quarterback was actually like, 
maybe not the primary option, but like, like a very quick secondary option because they had a couple times, at least one time I saw where, okay, so he drops back, everybody goes vertical. And when, you know, it's covered, he starts to run and he already had two blockers in front of him. <laughs> like, like they already had two dudes who were like kind of looking at him, waiting for him to take off. And then as soon as he tucked the ball, they took off and they were like lead blockers to clear the way for him. I was like, that, that is some very Navy shit right there. Like, like we're going to run a passing play and we're actually going to turn it into a running play. And I'm going to, you know, the quarterback's going to gain, you know, 40 yards, you know, running, well, running down the field. So I remember like, um, like the old NCAA, uh, games like NCAA 06 is probably the one I played the most. Cause it was yeah. when I was in college and I just played it constantly. But I, I remember like taking like you, you, they had all the FCS teams back then. And like, so I would take like, I took Grambling and tried, you know, tried to do a dynasty with them. And I remember I had one, um, like cornerback who was, had like 90 plus speed. And so I made a, like I, he was a special sub like for, for verts. I yep. would put him in for that formation. <laughs> and so he would just, I would just let them, and he would run. And then he was also, I put the, I put him in as my like wide receiver yeah, for yeah. another like play action deep ball. I'm like, like, this is like Navy is just like, this That's is our exactly fastest, what they're doing. best athlete. Yeah. Cause he, he played slot back last year. Like, and so he wasn't even the quarterback. But yeah. he, he ran for a ton of yards. Well, he was, if I remember right, he was two years ago. And yeah, then and they changed they positions changed last year. Back. Yeah, and then they put him back at quarterback this year. Yeah. He's like tiny, and he was awesome. Like, that, it was very cool. That was very cool. I'm gonna, Fun I'm to gonna, watch. What's it? Perry. Perry. I, I was like, we got to say his name at least. Yeah, uh, Malcolm I, I Perry. can't even. So I Malcolm watched the Perry, game with yeah. the sound off, so I didn't oh, even okay. know his name. His name is Malcolm Perry. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Good but, job, Malcolm Perry. Yeah, I don't you're know. You're very like, fast, and you're very yeah. small, and very impressive. Very shifty. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he could play inside receiver for us. Oh, definitely. Probably in the NFL, actually. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Like the triple option is way more fun when I'm watching somebody else get shredded than I am than, than it's going to be when I watch us get shredded. So, whatever. Why don't you pick a fight with someone from the Air Force while you're down there? <laughs> Come on, Craig. Unfortunately, PJ is not going, so. Man. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, Anything but, else? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, I had the scare. I'm having the scary joy right now. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, I totally forgot about beer. Yeah, we didn't talk about beer. Yeah. So Wait. you got you got me a present. I did. That was a lovely surprise. And so I'm having it right now. It's That's very like, good. It's definitely the best version of that beer that Skookum is. Yeah. Made. I wasn't, you know, honestly, okay, so the the beer I gave you called... one last year as well if I don't know if you remember. Did you? Yeah. I don't remember that. But this year I'm they sure put fancy wax on it. Actually, they did I talked, put the, maybe that's the difference. I talked I to uh, I talked to Hollis, wax. the brewery. He said they just had some leftover wax. They thought, <laughs> it'd be, they thought it'd be cool to put light blue wax on something. I love that. Um, yeah, okay, so I'm drinking Scary Joy, which is a bourbon barrel-aged oatmeal brown ale with coconut and vanilla. 
And so I wasn't really quite sure what I was going to think because I'm not a huge fan of coconut. Just just in general, just coconut flavor. I'm not I'm not a big fan. But the coconut is actually just more of a, a hint, more of an accent. Um, the vanilla is definitely more pronounced right now. And uh, it is really good. Really, really good. So, yeah, thank you. It's awesome. You're welcome. Um, I am drinking a beer from... And you'll like this, Jeff, from Valparaiso, Indiana. Hey, hey, I love Valpo. Yeah. Um, Bryce Drew, who led Vanderbilt to an 0-18 SEC season last year. Legendary Valpo player, Bryce Drew. Yeah. Son of legendary Valpo coach, Homer Homer Drew. Drew. Brother of legendary Baylor coach, Scott Drew. Anyway. I don't think any. I don't think Scott works at Forefathers Brewery. No, I don't think so. Those are good Christian men. They don't work at brewery. Come yeah. on, man. But uh, so I'm drinking. So I I don't even remember how I acquired this beer. I probably on Tavar, maybe when I was traveling somewhere. I don't know, honestly. Um, it is Forefathers Brewing from Valparaiso, Indiana. It is Wheelhouse 2017, barrel aged Wheelhouse 2017. Mm. Wheelhouse is their yearly coffee stout they release i've gathered mm. from looking at their website um it is made with dagger mountain coffee Ooh. um and some sort of like locally sort like i think it was probably a local why rye whiskey barrel i'd never heard of the heard of the distillery before um but it's pretty solid pretty solid it's a barrel age comes in about 10 and a half i think percent i don't know i, I think i might have seen it there's actually oh shit there's it looks like there is two labels on this and so oh i wish i two was labels. Seen, so like maybe they um mislabeled it i am peeling this label <laughs> off in real time <laughs> i want to awesome. see if like if they just like put another label on top or maybe and, like, it's like maybe, maybe it's they like fucked when, uh, up the first label yeah, i don't know or maybe it's the beer. Like I don't know. Maybe it's like uh, I'm entirely remember, too excited. So remember when we so talked I peeled to the guys off from a bit, and it looks like it's the same beer, but maybe they just accidentally labeled it twice. Maybe I was or gonna maybe, say maybe when uh, maybe remember when we talked with the guys from Iron Horse and they were they did Mocha Death and they were like, yeah, that was like we we kind of like messed up a, a batch of Irish Death, and so we just said, hey, let's throw a bunch of coffee in it and see what happens. And then uh, ended up with a different beer. So, oh, you know what? Okay, so I peeled it off. All right, what is it? So the the only thing different is, um, so so on this one it says, uh, so on the the top label, it said Wheelhouse 2017 Barrel Aged, and it just said, it just has the 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 logo of the the coffee uh, roastery Dagger Mountain, and then and then it says Imperial Coffee Stout Aged in Whiskey Barrels. So on on the underneath label it said imperial coffee stout brewed in collaboration with dagger mountain roastery and Asian okay. whiskey barrels so actually there are some laws in in uh, in certain states um where you cannot say that you collaborated on a beer with uh, an entity that is not a brewery so Indiana definitely seems like a state where that would be the case. Yeah. And, and, and actually, um, I think Washington is the same. Cause I, I had some, um, I know three magnets did a beer 
with uh, they they with guys who were going to start a brewery called Fair Isle Brewing, which is going to open in uh, Ballard in Seattle pretty soon. Okay. Um, full disclosure, I'm an investor in the brewery, um, so uh, I won't talk too much about it any farther. But anyway, so uh, just just <laughs> yeah, just small investor, <laughs> not a big investor. Um, Whatever but, uh, money bags. Yeah, yeah it's small. Um, but anyway, so uh, um, but so that they. They before they had opened a brewery, um, they actually couldn't put that they collaborated with them on on the beer. So they just put their logo on the label. Like, you know, like is it you know. is it just a matter of like they, they could just like say wording? like they can say like brewed. I think they could say like brewed with our friends at Fair Isle, but they couldn't say collab brewed in collaboration with or something like that. That's like so it's it's, it's totally yeah. Beer laws are weird. So I think that what happened yeah. with this is Washington's they, funny like that too. You would think for such a like a left wing state. Oh, but we like have they're, some crazy. Yeah, their alcohol regulations are so restrictive. Honestly, I did not like. It, this is not a bit. I did not notice until I was reading the label that there was two labels on this. <laughs> and so I didn't like plan this ahead of time. Like, Oh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll teach them about weird beer laws. No, no, I didn't no, even know. This just and happened. It's so funny. Like just the language <laughs> on the label, I guarantee like they got back and then someone said no. And so what I think happened probably I probably did get this from Tavar. They probably, so usually, um, uh, what governs this can also be the TTB, which is a, a, a federal. Um, uh, it's it, they they do they approve all the labels federally. So if you basically sell a beer across state lines, you have to have your labels approved uh, federally. Um, so they it may have been that when they decided they had to sell it, they wanted to sell it on like Tavar, which means they were selling it outside of Indiana. They they had to make this new label that didn't say in collaboration because right. there might have been so it might not even be indiana's rule although indiana has Washington's some weird ass law. beer rules in, D, in indiana you can't um buy beer at a gas station it can't be cold to go and then you also can't buy beer on sunday till noon right um or actually it might be not at all on sunday no i think it's noon or i don't know it's it's there's some weird shit in indiana um, but, well, like, but, it, but like so many places are crazy. Like when we visited Colorado, like you have to go to a liquor store. I, I think that has changed now, but when we went, you had to go to a liquor store to get beer. Oh yeah. When I, uh, when I lived in Tennessee and they've upped it to 10% now, but, um, back in the day, like any beer over 6% had to be at a liquor store. So like pretty much almost any IPA or whatever, right. but a lot of breweries in Tennessee or, or, you know, there wasn't a lot of breweries in Tennessee back then, but they would brew their beers. A lot of them like lower so that they could sell them in grocery right. stores which makes um, sense um but yeah so it was it was kind of weird so like uh it was pretty funny like you would have these liquor stores that also had like a beer side so that's where they would sell them lower below six percent beer and then they have the liquor store connected but you had to go in a different entrance to go to either the liquor store side or the beer store side and the beer store only had all beer under six percent and so then you go if you wanted a beer over six percent like you'd go to the left, which is like, so you go to the liquor store and like, that was where almost all the IPAs were. So they were just kept warm. Like, <laughs> cause like the liquor store side didn't have refrigerators. They don't care. Right. Um, but yeah, you could also not buy wine in the grocery store in Tennessee because it was anything over 6%. So, but they, <sighs> they've, God. they, they've, they've relaxed. Just imagine what could happen. 
I know. Or like in Indiana, imagine what could happen if you sold the beer cold. Oh. They'll open it on the way home. That's right. Drinking and driving. Well, that was like when I when I was in Sydney, uh, they there was a, there was a law that you couldn't get a shot after midnight, <laughs> and they were hella strict about it. You couldn't yeah. even be like, I want. Okay, fine. I'll have a I'll have a whiskey neat, and they're like, No, you can't do that. Like you have to have it like with a mixer on ice. <laughs> like you like so we were so like how about it? Can I just have can I just have a whiskey on the rocks? And they're like, No. Like you have to have it with a mixer. Like, I was like, so I had made this friend, and so like, after after midnight, that's what you have to after have. midnight in gotcha. Australia. Yeah. Gotcha. Like so, no shots after midnight, which honestly is probably a good just life. Like a life, <laughs> just philosophy. Like, actually, they were probably doing us a favor with that law. Definitely, I remember, so it actually worked out because I remember I was <laughs> me, I was I had met this Irish guy when we were in Sydney at this bar, and so we were talking. And we we're like, let's get some Irish whiskey, but it was after midnight, and so we got we got like Jameson and Mixed soda on the soda. rocks. <laughs> that I actually dr- sounds so gross. No, it's it's fine, but I but I was like. I had consumed so much beer that night. I'm like, I don't want, I don't want all this liquid. And I was just like, I looked at the guy. I'm like, I'm leaving. And he's like, Yeah, I don't want this either. <laughs> You're like, My <laughs> tummy is so full. I just want the alcohol. I, I don't know, want right? any of the other stuff. I just want to be an idiot. Let me be. No, they won't let you be an idiot. They do say Australia is a is a nappy state. They call it nappy, which is nappy is what they call diapers. So. Okay. Because um, I'm like, it seems like Australia would be down to party. Well, that's Just the problem is reputation. Australians are down to party. And so they're like, too much, <laughs> too much. Dial it back, guys. So they're they like, have to we need base, some laws. They have to force them to not party. Like, stop it. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, that's that seems like 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 that's like that's got to be like the British influence, right? Like that's like oh yeah, totally. You know, we we've got to you know we've we've got to maintain some decorum around here. Exactly, um, but yeah, we 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 went on a credit tan- tangent. <laughs> that was good. Uh, I don't know. Rate us, review us, five stars. We like that stuff. Yeah. Helps yeah. other people find the podcast. Subscribe. Subscribe. Subscribing is even. good. Yeah, subscribe. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, um, if you want to send me money, uh, DM me. I'll send you my Venmo. Yeah, you can do uh, that. <laughs> you can also still get basketball tickets. Uh, oh, yeah. If you want. You can get tickets to Incarnate Word this week. Yeah. Uh, honestly, yeah. Uh, message me any of the games. Uh, this uh, coming up, even I'm not going to like, I'll probably try to sell mine to the Pac-12 games and we'll see how that goes. But um, honestly, uh, yeah, if you if you are in Pullman and want to go to any of the next three games, shoot me a line. I have two tickets to each of them and they can be yours for a low price of zero dollars or listening to this 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 far into the podcast which may yeah. god bless you how, however much you value your time may be worth quite if a lot made, more than if you made dollars. it through our beer label talk you are you are hardcore man i feel like that was a hidden gem that's right. like literally that's right i'm trying to see if there's any like did they spell any words wrong but no I, I think it was just the language which is pretty wild i love it it's hilarious 
I just random. This is like a random pull from the seller. I'm like, uh, whatever this beer is. I, <laughs> I bought this for some reason and then didn't drink it for almost three years. Cool. <laughs> it was pretty good, by the way. It was I pretty would, good. You know, I, would, I forgot I to w- say it was pretty good. <laughs> I'm sitting there saying like, I would love to get to that point. Like that would be so cool no, to you be able don't. to do that. Don't do it, Jeff. But, yeah, I was gonna say, but I also am like, I, you know. I don't know actually if that would be cool or not. I do know that Sarah would never, <laughs> never be cool with that. She would just be like, uh, why do you have so much beer that you're not drinking? And I'd be like, oh, it's aging. And she'd be like, yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was definitely not aging this beer on inten- like intentionally. It yeah. just, it just, I forgot about it. I, and I'm, I'm terrible at that too. Like I get these beers and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to age it a little bit. And then I'm like, nah, I'm going to drink it. <laughs> so yeah, that's that. That's you know, that's kind of. I mean, I've got you know a couple of one one that you picked up for me, a dark star. I've got that. That's probably not going to make it through Christmas. So oh, it shouldn't. Yeah, um, the one We're I got go you. Go ahead and have that. The one I got you is adjunct heavy, and it is it is tasting very good right now. Oh, so good. Well, then I will. I will feel great drink about drinking and, that. Yeah. yeah, get so. all that maple vanilla. Yeah, and then I got the goodness. the cinnamon coffee one. The cinnamon yeah, coffee no, drink that one fresh too. Yeah, that's... those ones will be those those will be consumed. So. And, and, uh, and if you ever want an age, the... if you ever want aged versions of those beers, you know where to you know where to find them. <laughs> that is true. I do know where to find those. I do yeah. know where to find those. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. All right, dude. Go Cougs. Go Cougs.